0: This morning, I want to look at this thing we called imitation. We call imitation. I want to look at that because it's in Scripture. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. We're looking at this in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. It says this. Therefore, be imitators of God. As what? As dear adults. As dear grown-ups, as dear, you know, I know that, um, I know when I said I need participants, the adult came out in you, and you are too dignified, and you go, I am not going to let somebody walk around and lead me to look all crazy like that in front of other adults. And I get that. I get that. But God said in His Word, now I know this is not the same, and we're going to break this down a little bit here this morning, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. You know there's no other way to follow God except as a child. That there's there's you look in scripture, there's no adults of God. It's always the children of God that he's our father, that he he is for us always and he has plans for us and it goes on to say in verse 2 and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. This is what Jesus did. You know that it is God's intention that everywhere you go, you display Jesus. That you, you're you the one that brings heaven wherever you show up. That you you go up there and you go, Hey, you want to see what God's like? Here it is. I'm, I'm the imitation right here. Perfect imitation. And so his intention for every one of us that as you go, whether it's it. Wherever, Walmart, well it starts in the home, amen? Starts right there, it's like we all need work there, praise the Lord. It's sitting in a a, a condemning, it's an uplifting message. And so it always starts that, if if I could challenge you this morning to draw like a, just a little two, three foot little circle around you. And as you go around that circle, as you, the people that are there during the week, like at work, where you're going shopping, where you're at. If you'll think that sphere of influence around you that, hey, I get to demonstrate God's love, God's truth, God's grace, the very nature of God, I get to demonstrate that. And that was Jesus' attention all the way, all along. A lot of people think that Jesus came to just simply redeem us, but it's not the case. Jesus, if he wanted to redeem us, he could have came, showed up and died and said, okay, it's done. But he didn't. He took 12 men on a journey for three years. And for three years, they walked and watched. And the whole three years, they're going, I I just don't get this guy. (laughs) It was so foreign to them of what he did and how he did it that they could not. It's still at the Last Supper when they're praying. He's still like, hey, y'all, I'm getting out of here. This is it, Last Supper. And they're still trying to figure out, hey, what? No, you're, you're building your kingdom. You're, you're going you, to do this now. You're going to establish that. And they didn't get it that, no, I'm establishing my kingdom in you. I want you to get it that, hey, my kingdom is going to be so real and so vibrant in you that everywhere you go, you bring the kingdom with you. And you show up because the king that we celebrated, the king's not dead, y'all. He's alive. And the king in us, we walk around and we bring his presence wherever we go. That's what he said in John 14, 12. Jesus said this, truly, truly, I say to you, everybody say whoever, that means you, that that includes you, whoever believes in me, what's he going to do? Will also do the works that I do and greater works than these, because why? Because I am going to, y'all got to catch this, because see, a lot of times when you read scripture, you just go, he didn't say my father. He said, the father of everyone, the, the, the father, father, God, I'm going to him. And because of that, we get to do the things he did. Everybody say, I get to do what he did. There you go. And so I've got a little thing we're going to look at here. And this thing of uh, the next one is imitation comes from transformation. In other words, before I can imitate somebody, I got to transform. That's what we see. Anybody that any movie, any Netflix, anything like that. All you're watching is somebody that transformed themselves into a character and you're going, man. I mean, it's not real. Let's be honest. You know, it's kind of like wrestling used to be. Um, We know that was. Some may think it's, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but it's not real. Um, (laughs) Nobody could take a table, beat them over the head, break it down, break a chair, and they go, oh, man. Next week, let's do it again. (laughs) So... um, so when you see that, they're they're literally just imitating. There are people. anybody ever heard of an impersonator? Somebody that impersonates other people. Um, I remember one of my favorite was Rich Little. Some people may or may not remember that he could the man of a thousand voices. He could. Do it. But this is what he said when I was studying for his message. This is what he said. It wasn't simply just learning a voice. He looked at mannerisms. He looked at all types of things that it was it was body language, it was inflections. And so he looked at not just this. In order to do that, he had to really study that subject. And this is where we've got to be careful that we don't just look at man from man's perspective. And this is what I wrote up here. This Check this out. Man plus man equals man of man. <laughs> Real simple, isn't it? That's just too easy. The second one, man plus God equals man of God. Transformation doesn't come just from me being around you or just something. It comes from me experiencing God. Me allowing His life to come in and change me. That's what Peter said, 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. It says, His divine power. Now, let me, let me help you with this. If anybody's here ever struggled with connecting with God you 've ever had that battle like, well do I really i'm just not feeling like i'm there? I feel distance i don't feel like i I can just get close enough, because there are things in my life and and God just really just isn't pleased with me and and so many times we hide away from him like you did as a kid, like I did as a kid when you did something wrong you you tried to stay in your room you you backed away you i don't want to get too close they'll see it they'll know and and many times they did, and it wasn't because your mom and dad had this great sixth sense. They just looked at you and saw that look. they like, "Hey, you know?" They like guilty all over the place. I'm guilty, and you're sitting there like, "No, nothing's wrong. Nothing at all. Everything's great." That's that's what they did. It says, "Not our divine power. His divine power. God's divine power. What has it done? Has granted to us all things." Everybody say, "All things." That what? That pertain to life and godliness. His power gives us that. Through the knowledge of Him, this thing of studying, this thing of mold, this thing of, of, of watching and seeing how He operates, through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, verse 4 says this, by which He has granted, okay, that word granted, His power has granted us. It's given us, to us, His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers. We get to partake by what He did, not by what we've done. And so we're partakers of the what? The divine nature. Every one of us have a sin nature that we've partaken of many times. Guilty. But He said through His divine power, He's granted us, He's granted us this precious great promise to be partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. And every one of us have them, but God sees those and He says, I got power to help you overcome that. You don't have to stay in that. Man plus God equals a man of God. It's going to happen. And by the word, by the way, that man means mankind. I know sometimes when you hear man, it's gender specifically. That is you man, mankind. He's given all of us the power. To do that. Now, when we look at imitation comes from transformation, where does transformation come from? Transformation comes from habitation. Wherever you hang out, you actually start becoming. You actually, if you're not careful, whatever you're around, that, uh, what, what, whatever is, is, is resides in you or wherever you're, you're kind of hanging out. And you can do that in your own head. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We live most of our life right here between our ears. And so we hang out there, and so whatever we allow to hang out in here, and just kind of go over and over, that's generally what begins to transform us. We begin a couple, few weeks ago, I said we always move towards what our, what our greatest thought, whatever we're thinking, whatever we dwell on the most, that's what we begin to move towards. And so, this right here, this thing of whatever we allow in, and this is the beauty of this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, but we have this, everybody say treasure, in jars of clay. Now, I don't want, some of y'all remember that group a few years back, jars of clay, you know, 40 days, 40 days, beautiful. But that is, I want you to think about this. That's really all we are is jars of clay. That's all we are. I remember when Job, I read in Job. That Job, when he was going through all he was going through and he had a lot going on, like, like everything got taken from him except for his wife that wanted him to curse God and die. <laughs> As he's going through it, he actually mentioned it in, in uh, Job 10, 9. He goes, hey, hey God, hey remember, I'm just a jar of clay. I'm just clay. <laughs> I, I, this is hurting. Just, just remember that's who I am. And we've got to remember we are just jars of clay made out of the dust. But it says God places His treasure in jars of clay. Why? To show the surpassing power. Show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Now, what's this treasure? I want to back up just a minute look at it right here. In verse 6, it says, For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light, has made... He's like, I get to do this. I want to make my light. Do what? Shine in our hearts so we could know, not think, not hope, but know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. God wanted us to know it and experience it. It wasn't something we just go, oh, I hope. It's not a hope, so it's a, Lord, I get to. I get to do this. Your life in me, your hope, the hope of glory that resides here. This is what God came to do, is to put that treasure inside of you. So you get to carry that treasure. So guess what? Everybody that you come in contact with, they get to experience God. They get to experience the treasure, the light, the love, the truth, the grace. You get to carry that. I get to carry that. We get to do that. We get to demonstrate it. So after we get to habitation, how do we get to habitation? Habitation comes from fixation. You're like Mark. I was just having fun. Just think, if if we whatever, for something to become a habit, it's something we get fixed on. So I'll tell you this: there there are things that show up in your life, and it's because show up in my life. It's because whatever we fixate on, whatever we put our eyes, whatever we put our gaze on, whatever we allow before us, that's what we become. That's what become. I like to put it this way: we become. We become what we behold. That's what happens. Whatever we keep in front of us, then then that that's what we'll end up becoming. And so we, the beauty of this is God has for us so much more. And he wants us to become just like him. So when you're carrying around, it's not even something you have to work at. It's something you allow him to work in you so it works through you. And so in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, this is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, get rid of it. Just anybody, any, any, anybody here do spring cleaning all that. Anybody, our clean people—they like to get stuff out. They do not let any clutter hang around. You know, we've got those incredible special people, and I'm so thankful for each one of them because I am so not that person <laughs> when it comes to the natural stuff. And everybody here smiling, going, Yeah, we know that, Mark. Thank you, Jesus. We love you anyway. But it says, Let us throw off everything that hinders. And the sin that so easily entangles us. Notice how God understands us real well. He understands that sin can so easily entangle. It it can get in there real easy. It's not hard. Because we have that sinful nature. But God said, I got a divine nature. I want you to partake of that. I want to give you that. I want to make it happen. And so let us throw that off. And then it says, let us run. But it's first, let us throw that off. Not try to run. Many people are burdened down. They're bogged down with stuff they've done and stuff that's happened. And they're trying to run with the Lord. And they're going, I just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. And it's like, you're not really getting anywhere. You're, you're working hard. You may be reading your Bible. You may be praying. You may be doing these things. But you're not experienced in saying, look, Lord said, throw that stuff off because Jesus is for you. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. And check this out. This is how it happens right here. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Have you ever had something in your life and you just couldn't get rid of it and it just stayed there over and over, week after week, month after month? It could be a problem. It could be a diagnosis. It could be a physical thing. It could be a spiritual thing. It could be an emotional thing. It could be a financial... It could be anything, but you keep week after week and you just you focus and you just fixate on it. It's like... "Mm." I've done that many times. It's when we give up and say, forget it. I'm I'm not thinking about it anymore. Jesus, I just give it to you. He's like, okay, that's exactly what I've been waiting for. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. If we'll begin to say, Lord, my focus is, Lord, it's just about you. I want to be used by you. I want you to use my life, have it, do what you want to in me. It says, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so in 2 Corinthians 4.18, Paul says this as well. It says this, So we don't look at the troubles. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. And let me say to you, every one of you, all of us got troubles. They're, none of us are excluded. Jesus promised us in this world you will have trouble. And so we could take and fixate on one or two things. We're going to say, well, I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have, I, got, I don't have, you know, nobody likes me, all the different things. We can go over and fixate on that. And so we could, we could allow those to focus on that. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. You can't see it right now. You're like, I want to see it right now. That's what I want to see. And God's saying, hey, if you'll put your focus on Jesus, you put your focus on him, those things that are more important that will grab a hold of you, it says, for those things we cannot see will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. How many have ever had something so big that it really wrecked your world and, I mean, you thought it was over? Like, matter of fact, you were praying for it to be over. Like, go ahead, take, take, just go ahead and end it now. And now you look back and you go, wow, it seemed so big at the time, but God, you were so faithful in the midst of it. So we fix our gaze there. We, we do that. And, and even in this, Paul reminds the, uh, the Corinthian believers at Corinth, he says this, these are the troubles he was talking about. In verse 8 through 12, he says, we are afflicted in every way. Somebody else want to say amen? Anybody ever felt that I'm afflicted and everything is coming at me? People, my own dog won't even behave. You know what I'm saying? And I mention dog because I don't mention cats because we know cats don't behave. We know they do what they want to, okay? Not cracking on anybody, cat lovers. Easy, <laughs> relax. You know it's true. But anyhow, we're crushed. Uh, we're we're af- afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed. I just don't know what to do. But not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Jesus' death is our death and Jesus' life is our life. In other words, I don't have to die for my sins. He died for them. In my life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. And he goes on, For we who live are always being given over to death. Hello, church. We're always being given over. Why? For Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. And so get this. This is where we come in. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This is what I'm talking about. As we connect with Jesus and we surrender our life to Him... Our body, we're, we're surrendering and saying, Lord, I, I'm just given it to you. And yeah, and I'm putting this flesh under control. But Lord, I'm relying on you. It's your strength. It's your ability. Your divine power working in me to do your good work. So that those that I come in contact with, as I'm dying to sell, they're becoming alive to God. That's what we're supposed to be doing, church. This sanctuary here isn't big enough. If all of us grab this and say, you know what? I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to throw that stuff off. I'm not going to allow things to control my mind and my heart except for you, Lord. It belongs to you. That's what we do. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says is. Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple? Everybody say that with me. I am God's temple. You see, when God made planet Earth, he made it for us to come dwell, but that was just so that we would have a place where He would have a place He could come dwell. Because God's not come to dwell simply in a in a building; He's came to build, come to dwell inside of us. He's come to bring inside of each one of us His very nature to to allow Him to do this. Second Corinthians six eighteen says um, this: "I will be a father to you." And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, I want to get this. The reason I bring this up is this. How many of you try real hard to be whatever your name or family name is? Like, I'm a Lenten. I don't remember ever working real hard to be a Lenten. Now, I've messed up the Lenten name a couple times. <laughs> kind of like, ooh, that Lenten. I had, of course, you know, I had three brothers and three sisters that helped that along. But but I don't ever remember trying to go, well, if I do this, and this, this, I can be a Lenten. It's more about being than about doing. It's more about being versus doing. Can I challenge you this morning for just a moment to sit back in a moment and, and sit back and think, Lord, you want me. You want to be my father. I'm not, he's not fighting going, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, there are people... Today in the church that somehow thinks Jesus came to save us from a mean daddy. Let me let me repeat that because somebody's gonna go, What? There are some people that think Jesus came to save us from our mean Father God. That, like, uh uh-oh, he's so mean and so cruel, and it's like Jesus has got to die so he, he can save us from him. He is God. He came to restore us, to unite us, to say, look. God demonstrated His love. Our Father demonstrated, say, I want you so bad, I'm going to give my son so you could come and be a part and have my life. And this is where we get into a thing of orphans and children. And I know in this room right now that some of you have been adopted. Praise God. I know that some of you have adopted people. And some of you have adopted furry things that you call people. They call them your fur babies and stuff, what have you. But I'm talking about people. So right now, so when we think about this thing of adoption versus versus um, um, orphan, we can all have that mentality if we're not careful. And I wrote a little thing. I just came up with a few things of mentalities. And I don't know. I, I tried to get it on the screen, so it may be hard for you to, to kind of catch that. But this is what John 14 says when Jesus talks in John 14, talking to his disciples. I will not leave you as orphans. In other words, you're not going to be on your own. I want, I'm drawing you to myself. The reason I'm here is to connect you back to the Father in the right way it's supposed to be. And these are certain things that um, that can that, that can come in through that mindset and that mentality. And and I welcome, y'all know me, I welcome. If anybody says, hey Mark, there's some more you can add to that list after the service, please come tell me. But the, And there are more. Let me say this. this. Nothing I do is an exhaustive list. It says, a lot of times as an orphan, you feel alone. And many times when you get that feeling, even, even as a believer, you can lack intimacy with God because, well, he really wouldn't want to hang out with me. If he knew me, he really wouldn't. Me. It's like, no, he really knows everything and loves you uncontrollably. We also become more self-concerned, anxious over money, health, relationship, feels condemned, guilty, and unworthy. We're like, God, I, I'll just never be. Nobody really loves me. They really don't get it. But a child of God, this is what he experiences: Romans 8:15. Says that, but he has given us a spirit of adoption where we call Abba Father. A, a child of God has a growing assurance that God is really my loving heavenly father. Trust the Father. Say, Lord, I don't I don't understand many but I trust. Confident He cares for me. That's a tough one because you're like, you go through stuff, you're like, Well, I know he cares, but I I need to see some of that right now. Well, I'm going to tell you that person sitting next to you. That's how God demonstrates it. That's how He demonstrates. That's why God wants every one of us in here to get this. He wants you to demonstrate His love, His grace, His truth. He wants you and I both to do that. And it also feels love, forgiven, and totally, 100% accepted by Christ Jesus. Let me ask you sitting here this morning, do you feel absolutely 100% that no matter what happens to you, that right now, if you had to go stand before God, it would be like, whew, thank you, Father, I'm here. I, I finally met, man, I've, I've been, I've been, I finally met, Woo! thank you, Father. Or is it like, uh, uh, okay, uh, mm, Father, uh, I'm not so sure. I want, I want that assurance to be 100% yours, that you look forward to the day you get to see Him face-to-face, because He looks forward to that day as well. And you don't have to wait till any time. You can do that today. You can experience that. And I want to close the same way I open, and we're going to pray. But I want to close with the same Scripture, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, but I want to look at it through the message. I want to look at it through the message, just because it it, it it breaks it down and makes it a little more personable to us. It says, watch what God does. Take a minute, watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior, notice that word proper, (laughs) behavior from their parents. God wants us to demonstrate that. Proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does, mostly what He does is love you. That's what He does. He goes on to say this, keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us. Everybody's experienced that before. We've had that, like they get close, like, hey. And you're like, oh, I know that hey. <laughs> there's something, there's a hook there. It's like, I love you, mama. It's like, okay, what you want? <laughs> I love you, Daddy. Like, okay. It says this. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of Himself to us. This is what that looks like. So when I tell you it's about being instead of doing, God wants you to experience His love that way, so that you can go and spread that. And it's not like, oh, i got to do this. I'm telling you, when that occurs, it's like, I get to do this. It's not a burden. We get to walk people through this, and it says love like That. Church, there are a lot of people that you pass every day that are in this community that that God wants to use you. I've told you this church will only grow at the rate you and I grow. I I love everybody, and I do, and I know you do too, but I'm telling you, we've got to expand, we've got to continue in this. People need to experience that, and they're gonna experience it through you. I remember a few years ago, I was talking to a young man. This is what his prayer was. I just want to see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. I want him to come talk to me. I said, we have been sitting there for about an hour and a half talking. And I said, well, you have. And he said, what? I said, you have. He said, what are you talking about? I said, hey. <laughs> it an hour and a half. Listen to you rant and rave and go on and on and on. and Hey, love you. Still here. Not upset. Just walking through, talking through stuff. Not sitting here judging. Not sitting here going, hey, you need to get it. I'm like, hey, just listening. And as I continued, little by little, he goes, oh, yeah, you. But I mean, I was like, oh. I didn't get it. I didn't go, what you think? Okay, get out the car. Let's go. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> come on. Go. I just. And that happened for many times week after week. And I'll just say, love you. I'm not expecting anything from you. I just want to give something to you. And it's the life and the love of Jesus. And I want to tell each one of you, God wants to use you to do the same exact thing. And it only comes as we stay connected to him and say, Jesus, you love me that much. And you want to use me that much to change and transform the lives of those around you. If you would, bow your heads with me at this time. I want to pray for us. But here's what I know. I know that many times, because of circumstances, some of our own doings, but some that are not of our own doing, because of things that other people have said and done, that many times we can build a distance from God. And we feel distant from God. Like, God, you don't really care. I mean, look, I've had people in my life that said they knew you, but they acted really. If that's how you act, I don't want anything to do with you. And so we begin to make judgments towards God because of things that have happened. And I want to tell you this morning, you've got a Heavenly Father that loves you uncontrollably, unconditionally, that is willing to go to any extreme to get you, to, to, to experience, not to get you, but to experience His grace and His love because that's what He has for you. That's what He wants for you. And you operate from that place, not to that place. Many strive And they try, and they look and say, I need to do this, this, and this. And then, God, you're going to love me. And God says, I already love you. It's already there. I'm already committed. I'm all in. Before you ever took a breath, I was all in. There's nothing that will stop me from pursuing. Even no matter you turn, He's still pursuing you. And so this morning, maybe you've never committed your life. Maybe it's been a while since you felt connected. But you like to come home to the Father and say, I just, I just want to explore this. Lord, I need you. And I want to experience your love because I want to be an imitation. I want to be an exact representation that Jesus, the way you operated here on this planet. Lord, I want to operate that way. I want people to experience you when they see me. When they're around me, I want them to experience you. If you feel far away from God this morning, Could I pray with you? You would just lift your hand and say, That's me, Mark. I I need. I don't feel close. I need to be close. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Anybody else? I want to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's why He came. To draw us close. That's why He came. To draw us close. To draw us to Himself. So He could fill us with Himself. So that He could use us. Everybody, let's pray this. If those that would like. Father God. I recognize that you are loving, you are a loving heavenly father and you have not withheld anything from me. And I recognize that Jesus, you willingly came to this earth and died for the things that I had done and the things that have been done to me. And Lord, I choose as an act of my will to surrender myself to you. Lord, come into my life and live your life through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's let's worship him right now for that. Thank you, Lord. In your bulletin was a connection card. If you prayed that prayer or anything like that, it would be our joy to take you on a journey to say, Hey, don't tell anybody. Shh but I'm no better than you are. (laughs) Let let me help you in church. Can I help you? We in church, we got to tell the truth. When I say I'm no better than you are, I am no better. There's no man better than anybody else. It's only one. It's all about Jesus. So I'd love for you to come on the journey with me, not as perfection, but somebody that's pursuing and saying, we'll go on that. And we'd love to take you on some steps. If you prayed and you like, I'd love to help you. We could do that together. Um, and you can fill that out and we'll, we'll contact you and, and help you with, help you with your next steps and, and how you live that life the way Jesus did, uh, wants you to have and wants you to have what He wants you to have. Lift your hands to the Lord and receive from him. Father God, you're the one who created the universe and you Lord, you said, Lord, you wanted to bless us and that as we place your name on your people, you in turn in turn would do the blessing. And so Lord, Right now, according to your will and according to your word, I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.